0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, along with my two co-hosts, Michael Nowen and Vito Anazelli. Say hello, fellas. Hey, what's going on, Steve? Good evening. Good evening. How you doing? What a hello there, Michael. Thank you. Before uh, before we get started, just take a second, if if everyone listening right now, take a moment, hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube iTunes, Spotify, anywhere else you guys find your podcast. Also follow us on Twitter at the slscreamers underscore pod. Now let's get the show on the road. So some news and notes from around the world. I'm sure you guys saw it all over Twitter or internet just somewhere. The Nice versus Olympic Marseille game. Uh, Dimitri Payet went to go take a corner kick. Report said, you know, he had stuff being thrown at him all game. And he got hit in the back of the, or right in the back with a bottle. He reached down, turned around, and just chucked into the stands. And I think we saw the rest where all the knee just hop the barricade. Security did absolutely nothing. I don't know if you guys saw that. It looked very bad. And uh, yeah. OM actually had to forfeit the game three, no because they wouldn't come back onto the field. What's your guys thoughts?
1: <laughs>
0: well, first
2: off, I've always expected the stewards were going to be useless if they wanted to storm the field and this proved 100% <laughs> correct. <laughs> um, I mean, this isn't like every time Nice and Marseille play each other is, usually a heated affair. I mean, they're, was he right to throw the bottle back at the fans? No, but do I understand? Of, of course I do. I mean, the, the guy's running around, you know, giving everything he has to win that game, and then he tries to take a corner kick, he's getting pelted with shit from the stands. If your fans are going to throw shit, then they shouldn't be allowed to bring shit in. How, how's that? Let's start. Let's start there. If you control yourself, it's it. <sighs>
1: They have to be handing out some serious bans, in all honesty. Like, the second you come onto the field, the second – you not even touch a player, but come onto the field, make cross that barrier and cross that boundary. Immediate lifetime ban from the stadium. Should never be allowed back into that stadium. They got to draw the line right here, right now, nip it in the butt because that's player endangerment. That's other fan endangerment. That's absolutely terrible. And the fact that they made Marseille forfeit the game, too, was like – Oh, I guess you can just – I saw something someone tweet, like, oh, I guess you can just win games now by having your fans storm the field. So.
0: <laughs> someone tell Game Arsenal real quick. <laughs> it could use it, no doubt. Uh, and then uh, oh, there's some transfer news. We obviously already saw Messi join PSG, and there are reports coming out of Juventus that Ronaldo wants to transfer out. He apparently requested not to start against uh, – I, don't know, I really don't know who they played, to be honest with you is. Nice. Yeah. Um, and yes. Yeah, so what do you guys are thoughts on that, that he might want out of there and where, where would he even go? I don't, I don't
2: think it's far fetched. I mean, it, it can't be good for him to sit there and see Messi join arguably what is going to be one of the greatest teams to ever be on the field at one time. And mm. especially considering how Juventus has performed over the last year and a half or so, it's, it's a little confusing because you have Allegri on the other hand going a day or two before what this report came out saying that he spoke with Ronaldo and Ronaldo told him that he wants to stay and he will stay. So, to be to be truthfully honest, it's kind of hard to make heads or tails of this. I can't see Juventus letting him go for at least 40, 50 million pounds, try to get something back for him. I know how old he is at this point, but it's still Ronaldo. I don't, I don't think he's going to leave this season. I think he'll be gone
1: next season, though. I don't think he leaves this season either. But I think – and I'll just double down to avoid saying anything too redundant. But I think the bigger story that you're missing here, Steve – is that Weston McKinney might be on the transfer market yeah. as well. If I advantage. did see that. I did see
0: that, Ashtonville.
1: To so, Tottenham, nonetheless, right, Mike? Exactly, which they're talking about an Ndombele swap, maybe with McKinney, a little cash here and there. We'll see. Not to derail it, but Ronaldo, he's not going anywhere. He's staying in the last couple of days. The only team that could afford him, or teams that could afford him, United, just under winger, mm-hmm. City, they're supposedly going all out for Kane still. PSG, it will not happen unless they sell Mbappe, which they won't do. So, at least this summer,
2: maybe Chelsea comes in for him.
0: It'll be interesting to see. I I feel like the Premier League is the only spot that he could actually land uh, correctly uh, between the clubs that actually have the money for him. And I also saw, I don't know how true the reports were, Weston to Ashton Villa, who I thought would make an incredible signing for him. And they need that box to box guy, let McGinn go forward, and then, uh, um, you know, Buendia and all those guys, Bailey, and just let him go nuts. So, it'd be interesting to see. (laughs) Barcelona. Nice Um, background change. Yeah. All right, so on to our Stars and Stripes Uh, recap. This is where we go over any of the United States men's national team players that had some standout performances, some bad performances, or some transfer news. Uh, First up, Mike, we got Gio Reyna.
1: We do have Gio Reyna. So, Gio Reyna. Uh, quick recap played 70 minutes, had 88 passing on the day, five specifically key passes. Uh, he was two for two on his dribbles, completed six of eight duels, won five recoveries, and a two one loss. Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, he had a pretty good day at the office to say the least. Uh, he's definitely putting in the shifts, and we talked about this on the week prior. He, he's really filling that like eight roll for for uh Dortmund pretty well it'd be really interesting to see how Berhalter sees this watches these games implements him potentially in the World Cup qualifiers and if he plays that role uh, especially given the emergence of a couple other talents on the wings which I'm sure we'll get to a little bit later in the podcast but great day for him uh all, or, all around besides the loss he had a good game so
0: yeah I think with the emergence of Conrad too like that we're seeing right now I think Greg's <laughs> best position would be putting Conrad or even Tim Way or someone else on that right wing, putting uh, in that number eight role, like you just said, and number 10, even whatever, whichever one you want. Mm-hmm. So uh, next up, Anthony Robinson.
2: Yeah, Anthony Robinson has been uh, great for Fulham this year so far. He's, he's played uh, every single minute for them. Fulham's now on top of the table. Uh, he, he had uh, an assist last game against Hull in their 2-0 victory. And most notably, he played 12 long balls, 10 of which were accurate. That is an incredible number for him. And, you know, you got to give a little shout out to Tim Ream over there as well. He's, he's played almost every single minute with him, with the exception of Hull, where he came off in the 21st minute through an injury. But Anthony Robinson's picking up right where he was, uh, where he left off. I, I think he's been great for Fulham. Steve, I think you were saying it at the end of last year that you were happy with with him being at Fulham and getting those championship minutes really helped his development. And it's clearly paying off for them. He's, he's been an absolute revelation for them in the back line. And in what is the best back line in the championship
1: at the moment? A curiosity. Yeah. Do you think, I guess, for the two of you, who would be the starting left back right now? Would it, you think it would be Robinson coming into a World Cup qualifier?
0: I would, based on the sample yes. size. Uh, I don't think Joe Scally has seen enough time, especially at left back yet, to actually justify that. The only other person I could see taking that would be Desk and then moving someone like Cannon, Yedlin, or Shaq Moore or someone else into the right back spot.
2: I agree, Steve. I'd actually move Desk to the right-hand side because he's versatile on both flanks, and I'd keep Robinson on
0: the left. Yeah. And the way he's playing too currently, like just being in form like yeah. this, I, I wouldn't change anything right now. But obviously, you know, we have World Cup qualifiers that are coming up. And if I'm not mistaken, it's a seven day, seven to eight day period, and there's three games. So, yeah,
1: it's a good problem to have regardless.
0: Yeah. Great problem to have. We're going to need depth. We have some injuries right now, some COVID stuff going on with Pulisic. So, we're not going to be, I don't think, at full strength necessarily, but we're going to see a lot of rotation going on, not just from our team, but from everybody. But I think with the amount of depth that we have, it's going to really start to stand out for us. Mm hmm. Uh, next up, we got Miles Robinson, uh, he's an MLS guy, chilling with Atlanta. I don't know how he still hasn't had a European move yet, but he's basically continued the same run of form he's had from the Gold Cup. Uh, he had 90 minutes played over this past weekend, three out of five accurate long balls, 88% passing, eight out of 12 duels won, three out of four tackles completed, and six recoveries. I don't know if it's too soon to say this, but the way he's been playing recently – do you guys put him next to Brooks or do you take someone like Richards or McKenzie? Uh,
1: after the gold cup, I honestly put, I had him slotted in my head next to Brooks.
0: <laughs> I think I'm the same way now. I, mean, honestly. I agree. Like, how do you not like Richards isn't getting any time at Bayern. He's, he hasn't made a move like he should be making right yeah. now. They can't get rid of him. I, I don't know how you don't start next to him. I, I yep. at this point, it just doesn't make any sense not to.
2: There's only a few players in the world that can
0: slot in and out of a national team purely on name and,
2: the only one on our team right now is McKenny and Polisic. All these other guys are purely on form, and he's the most in form by a mile.
0: Yeah, and I'd love to see the partnership too. And like, obviously, Brooks is getting up there in age. He's probably got, he's definitely got this World Cup, maybe if he somehow extends it to, to 2026. Mm. Uh, but it'd be great for him to give him that European experience, toss on the to Robinson and him to start to be the leader for the future. i agree.
1: Yep. 100%. Uh,
0: last up, we got Brendan Aronson.
1: Yeah, he had a quite the week. Uh, so basically, in the qualifying game for the Champions League, his team the is the Salzburg in Austria, right? Or not, yes, not, yeah, not, yeah. So, Sol, Red Bulls in Austria. Bull we'll, just, we'll, we'll just call them that. Yeah, <laughs> a lot, <laughs> lot, of, lot of Red Bull teams out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, he came on half, and the second he came on, realistically, he was a game changer. He we watching him play. You, we know that he has a really innate ability to be direct with the way he plays, and. You know, give him the opportunity, give him the chance, and he's going to come in and do something. 78% passing, one key pass. Most importantly, he had the one key goal in the 89th minute, 90th minute, right? Um, he's an amazing player going forward. He makes things happen. This kind of goes back to the thing we were just talking about with, you know, the excess of wingers and what does Berhalter do in that those scenarios. It's going to be interesting to see how he utilizes Aronson because based on form, like Vito was just saying, kids in form, got to play him, got to bring him. So. Yep.
0: I agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah. And we also had a little bit of history. Uh, Vito brought this up over in the Bundesliga. Yeah. First time in Bundesliga history
2: that two American managers have come face to face in domestic tournament. Uh, it was the Leipzig-Stugard game, uh, Jesse Marsh and Pellegrino Matazaro, um, Matarazzo. Sorry. Unfortunately, oh, you're messing up. Pellegrino. The timing, bro. Yeah, sorry. All, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Get out of here. No, <laughs> that happens. Um Unfortunately for Pellegrino, they got stomped out. Leipzig, Leipzig came away 4-0 winners. But, you know, that's a good sign. Starting to see more American, American managers getting the nod and getting chances to play in these big leagues with these big teams. And uh, it's it's great to see. <laughs> Can't wait for more. I mean, Dude. we didn't have a great luck with – um, what was his name when he came over to the Premier League? They took over
1: – Bob Bradley.
2: Bob Bradley, yeah. What was it, 14 yeah. days or Swansea. something? Yeah, yeah, Swansea. Yeah, like Swansea. That's what it was. Yeah. So, yeah that was a
1: bad look yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no offense <laughs> to Bob. no offense to bob bradley but sorry bobby yeah it'd be interesting to see especially like you know jesse marsh like he's he's apparently from reading reports about him too like the players love working with him they love playing underneath him mm-hmm. he's very motivating i didn't realize this but he speaks fluent german like mm-hmm. very fluent german so he's talking to them in german all the time they love it they eat it up I'd be curious to see what he's able to get out of that team moving forward, especially in the Champions League as they go to challenge. So,
0: there's actually a really cool clip of him. I want to say it's during a Champions League game. I think they, I think it was Salzburg versus uh, Liverpool, like about I guess one or two years ago, and he was coaching them. Mm -hmm. And he just keeps going back and forth between English and Austrian or German and whatever language he was speaking, freaking nuts. And you just see him ripping these guys a new one. And they came out and almost took Liverpool down in the second half. It's really. I remember
1: that game. Yeah. So he's he's good.
0: Bob That's Bradley messes up. Jesse Marsh is sliding right into that national team, baby. <laughs> yeah. All right, next up, we have our weekly recap. We'll just go over everything that happened in the Barclays Premier League over the last week. And first up, we had Liverpool and Burnley. Uh, pretty much everything we thought we, we were gonna. We saw last week when we predicted this outcome. I think we all actually said 2-0, ironically. I, I'm um, pretty sure
1: we did. Yeah, yeah
0: right. So great great for us. We missed out on probably a nice plus 600 on uh, Fandor right there for us.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would have been nice.
0: It would have been. But uh, Burnley actually, you know, they, they came out of the game firing right away. I thought they missed a chance or two that, they, you know, one got saved and they just shanked another one and everything. But besides that, Liverpool just kind of took control, showed their class, and you just ousted them to a 2-0 win. Mm-hmm. Then we had uh, Ashtonville and Newcastle.
1: Yeah, this is another game that we all predicted as a Villa win. I think for the most part we were all saying like a 1-0 one, one, a one zero or like a 2-0, you know, we have to double check. But for the most part we all got the Villa win. Uh, well, in our prediction sheets, but God, man, Danny Ings, how much did he, they sign him for? Like 20 25, million? 25 he's, 30. He's, man, he's he's, from his for form it. already, he's worth every damn penny at this po- point in time. Assuming he doesn't get injured guys playing really well. If he plays well, he's scoring goals. They're going to help fill that hole, that Grelish left, Grelish left. So, I mean, yeah, more power to him again, Villa. Dark, I think it's everybody's dark horse at this point, but <laughs> yeah. if they keep playing like that, they keep gelling, they're going to be good at the end of the season. So,
0: Yeah, I agree. Is Watkins still out for them? I don't know if he's back yet because I know he, was, he had a knock or something. Not sure. He, buddy, Not I don't sure. think he played last week. Yeah, I think he's been out a little bit. So it's going to be Not interesting really when bad. he comes back and they're both at full strength, and he, if they implement a two-striker top or they, they just stick with one of them and then you know one's the superstar for the most part. Yeah,
1: they're going to okay. be good.
0: They'll be good. Then we had Crystal
2: Palace and Brentford. Yeah, a bit of a dull affair for the weekend of, of excitement. Uh, it ended nil-nil there. It, it was kind of just a back-and-forth kind of stalemate. I mean, about equal possession. Brentford ended up out shooting uh, Crystal Palace about 14-7. to 7, But they only placed one one extra shot on target, three in total, which is obviously not good enough to win the game there. So they need to start cleaning up their finishing if they, if they want a chance to some, nab some more points, especially after they just took three off Arsenal. Uh, I, think, I think both sides have deserved a point here. I think it's good for Palace to get that point after Chelsea – to kind of took them apart first week and kind of gained a little bit of confidence there moving forward. But I think they'll both be fine um, for the rest of the season. And I'm excited to see Brentford already accruing four points in the first two games.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to say that. I don't want to say they were surprised. I think we all had pretty high hopes for them in terms of, you know, they came on one of the better better defensive, the better defensive teams from the championship. And obviously Ivan Tony up front. I would like to see more out of him, though. He hasn't necessarily, I don't know if he's had the, nec- the same supply that he's probably getting in the league below. Maybe that's what's kind of hurting him right now. I know um, Mbembo. I don't know how you say his last name, the French guy up front. Um, he's usually the really creative guy. I know he hit the woodwork on a free kick and everything. So we'll see if he can start supplying Tony a little bit. I know he missed a header just barely, but. Well, Tony had five shots that game. And did he really? Yeah,
2: didn't put a single one on target. Interesting. I like to Maybe. see what they, is. I'm sorry, that's not on. true.
0: He did put one on target, but he didn't convert a shot.
2: Mm.
0: Huh, okay, okay. Next up on the weekend, like we said, most open game probably, uh, Leeds United and Everton. And it is a fun fact. Leeds United can draw in the Premier League. It does, it does actually happen. for all idiots apparently. Uh, but like I said, it was, very, it was a very open game. Fair result. They both took some chances. Obviously, it was 2-2. But they also both missed some game winners that they easily probably should have put away. Um, my biggest concern with it, besides obviously with Leeds, we already knew defensively they're going to give up goals, but they're going to score them. Everton, Michael Keane seems to be really – not hot Dude. right now. I don't know what's he's going struggling. on with him. <laughs> He's struggling.
2: Like is yeah, he hung over every on. game? Like
0: I don't really know. But there's something going on in the defensive mishaps. Currently, Kurt Zuma's out on the market. I don't think that'd be <clears> a bad pickup for them one bit.
2: No, especially not for what was it? Thirty-five million was the record- reported fee for Zuma. Yeah, Some yeah, twenty-five to thirty-five, somewhere in that range. It's looking pretty good to me at that point. Yeah, he's he's been kind of a shell of his former self too. He he's he's been someone I've thought very highly of for the last few years. I thought he's he's just a very well all around defender. I don't think necessarily he's world-class Sergio Ramos, of course, but I think he's a great, a great signing for Everton and he does what's needed to be done. But you're right, Steve. This year he just kind of has looked a foot off the pace, almost like he's out of fitness. Like he, he can't keep up with the pace of the game.
0: Yeah, it's really There's just bad they're like dumb mistakes that the guy they typically he like doesn't commit. So it's really, yeah. it's really weird. Mm. Then we had Man City and Norwich City. Um, you can you can take this one, Mike. There's not too much to it.
1: Yeah, uh, not really sure who Norwich pissed off but, uh, <laughs> what god they have to pray to, who, who do they have to talk to at the FA, but man, the schedule doesn't get easy for Norwich, but um I'm
0: telling you dudes, their owner bang someone's wife. There's no, yeah. other, there's no other situation. <laughs> But yeah, uh,
1: long story short, uh, Man City—you know—nothing, nothing better to play them after they take a loss. So especially to Spurs. Um, yeah, so <laughs> Pep Guardiola, the ball genius, comes out five-nil win. Uh, they they never stood a chance. So we'll move on. <laughs> Norwich needs Ted Lasser. Great, Grealish. Grealish scored also, which is nice. He he got his goal. Has yeah. got the monkey off his back. So yeah. That could they be yeah, good. that
0: could be huge for him later in the season. Just not having that uh that duck on him, and everyone's you yeah. know chanting hundred million, hundred million. Yeah. Then we had uh the primetime day, game on Saturday actually, Brighton and Watford.
2: Yeah, Brighton and Watford. I I enjoyed this game. I thought it was going to be um a little more out of its shell because I I looked at this game and thinking Bright, Brighton and Watford aren't going to have too many opportunities this year to take three points off. Of a lot of teams, especially some of these bigger teams, we we've talked about their struggles in front of net for both of these sides, and that was where the, the issues were going to stem from. And I mean, not for nothing, this game was was kind of was kind of no different. There was four shots on target for the entire game. Wofford only managed one. Um, I think Brighton outplayed Wofford overall. I think they end up deserving both uh, all three points there. So it's good for them to come away with that. Big the big negative there is uh, Malpe coming away with that injury. I mean, two goals in yeah. two games. He's the he's the guy you need firing for them, and seeing him go out, that's very very worrying. I didn't see the uh, the report on how serious it is. Have you guys
1: have you guys seen anything about that?
0: No. Initial stuff was the manager basically just said we hope his days not weeks. So obviously that's, that that tells you. Okay, no that's good. Reason. Have yep. they
1: still not like made an inquiry to sign anybody up top with him or like nothing? They're just sticking to their guns. I haven't man. seen anything
0: sticking to the guns. It's shocking.
1: It really is. It's, it's very shocking.
0: <laughs> but Not even for – like, granted, yes, we, we've been over this plenty of times, right? Like, they do create a, a crap ton of chances for a Premier League team. Like, their their expected goals is just typically always anywhere between, like, 1 and 1. 1.5 every yeah, game. Which is it's really cool. But, like, multi okay, yeah, he's, he's stepping up this year. Like, okay, let's just slot someone right in behind him. Yes. Injury, whatever, competition, something.
1: Yeah, it'll yeah, be amazing not, too if they are able to keep a hold
0: of uh, Yib's Basuma.
1: Uh, I would expect it nice. whether, whether it's like January or next summer, that dude's going to another club. It can That'd depend on how they're looking at the table. I think
0: uh, uh, if, if, they're, if they're safe and secure, time come January, and some sick offer comes in. Yeah, but yeah, if yeah. they're if they're um, fighting for it, absolutely not. You know, uh,
2: what was interesting about this game in particular? We were we were saying it a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about predictions for the season and whatnot. And when we got to Brighton, I had said that. Brighton's last year, Brighton's third highest goal scorer was a defender. They weren't getting many goals from up top or even from their midfield. They were getting goals from the back. And now it's the second game in. And Shane Duffy, their defender, gets the goal today. Like this goal <laughs> the other day. Maybe,
1: nope. maybe they're on something. We don't know. Apparently. <laughs> just
2: they're gonna buy Ronaldo, stick him in the left back position, let him bomb forward and call it a day. Because if that's where they're gonna be getting all of their goals from, they got they have a couple things to figure out.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I think Duffy was even on loan last year. I forget to where. I think I want to, I want to say Celtic or somewhere. I, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure, but he wasn't even around. And then for him just to come back and shows up right away, 10 minutes in. Got the goal. Big facts. Then uh, the, probably the shock of the weekend, Southampton won. Uh, I, I actually uh, – fair in the beginning, Man you pretty much got out into control, Southampton kind of shocked them, scored a goal. And then afterwards, man, you took over. They didn't get anything before half come after halftime scored. you think, okay, maybe they're just going to run away with this one. Kind of the opposite happened. They started getting sloppy on the ball, losing possession. And Southampton almost nicked the winner. Armstrong, I think really should have beat De Gea one-on-one right there. and De Gea made 100%, massive save. 100%, Yeah, percent. Yeah. Like a really big save. So I think Manu's a little lucky to walk away with a point in, in, in a sense, rather than, uh, rather than nothing. But granted, both they both had chances to win the game. They both missed, so one-one seemed like a fair result to me, at least. But Man you're dropping points early to a lower lower half team kind of makes me, you know, question their run.
2: Yeah, it's a little worrying. I, I think consistency consistency for Man United has been kind of an issue for the last couple of years under Ole. And this has kind of been a great example. I mean, you that Man United performance first week out I, was probably one of the strongest I've seen them put together in a year and a half. Like it was unbelievable what they did. I mean, granted, two guys basically did it themselves, and Bruno Fernandes (laughs) and Paul Pogba. But it was great. But a a team that just lost their top player, Danny Ings, is going to draw you one-one after you absolutely dismantle. Was it Nor uh, leads the first week? Like that's that's you're right. That's worrying.
0: A little bit, yeah. And my my biggest thing with them is just depth in general. Like I don't think they're very a very deep team. So I mean, granted, uh, congrats to Pogba, another assist. He's got five now in the year. It's pretty nuts. (laughs) That's great start. That's insane. Yeah, so good for him. He's playing like he should be. And I guess for a transfer at this point, too, he definitely wants to help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, they're going to be – I think it's just a small hiccup. And, they'll again, they'll still finish top four. Not concerned about that. The one yeah. thing that kind of threw me off, too, and I wanted to bring this up, was Ole's comments after the game about kind of how they thought it was like it should have been a foul or something he like that. And he, wasn't, and he wasn't a fan that it was, like, too physical. And in my head, I'm like, dude, like, you'd rather yeah. have people flopping around? Like, come yeah. on,
0: like – I thought this is the best two weeks of, of football we've had. Like I enjoy, like mm-hmm. like the, the fouls that aren't getting called. I'm like, yes, thank you. Exactly. Get up and yeah. get on with it. Exactly. And like, uh, it might. I, I'm a guessing it's probably going to take a month or two for certain players to actually just realize, like, okay, shit. Like I, I, just get up, just go with it. But I thought the refs have been doing an excellent job over the past. Oh two yeah,
1: weeks. I completely oh, agree. Yeah. I'm very happy with how they're calling the games, and I don't say that. Often or sparingly, especially with Premier League refs. So, yeah, they're, very, very happy with that. So, I like think they're
2: starting to realize they have VAR to save their ass if they miss one. It's better exactly. to miss the call than to call it and it and be useless. You Just, know, it doesn't make any exactly. sense. Exactly. Yeah.
0: It, it, 100%. So, it's, good uh, it's there, actually, Mike, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually forgot about it and I wanted to, we to write that down. So, I appreciate that. Yeah. But, um, weird part is, didn't Ole play like during that kind of stage where, like, yeah, he, he played, in that, yeah, he played like, in that era. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs>
1: it was probably more hardcore when he played. Late 90s or played. 2000 yeah. Premier League? Absolutely. That's what I'm
0: saying, right? Elbows and throat. That's, yeah, that's, it's a weird one for me. But then we had um, kind of a nice storyline, Wolves and Spurs. You know, return to the now.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest. I did not think that Spurs would nick a win. And to be honest, my thoughts almost became a reality, especially when Adama Traore had a one-on-one clear through. Totally missed his opportunity against great (laughs) save Hugo Lloris. But yeah, I mean, Wolves looked honestly after that Spurs goal really good and they were in control for most of that game uh, up until like the kind of like the last like 10 10 ish minutes when Spurs kind of were able to slow it down. But awesome game, good result to grind out. Um, As of right now, you know, keep going Spurs, man. That's that's the results you need. Is that's what that was in the types of games last season where if dear leader Jose was in charge. They would have lost two one. <laughs> Realistically, they would have yeah, lost two one, right. they would have become a shell of themselves. So
2: Daniel yeah. Levy had to be sitting up in the box watching that Adamatore mix mix, just looking at the transfer request list and be like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: We'll see if they want to pay 40 mil for him just to dribble around and shoot yeah. balls into Rosie.
0: But <laughs> what do you guys uh what do you guys think of Wolves Dogs? Obviously, they've dropped uh, you know two one-nothing losses. You guys have any concerns with them?
1: Yeah, as of right,
2: good. Take it, take it away.
1: I was going to say, as of right now, to be honest, watching that game, their coach and I, I can't remember his name for the life of me. Uh, but Bruno Lodge, Bruno Lodge, The way he has that team playing, though, uh, like honestly, watching that first game, that was the first time I've seen them play. They looked really good. Like they were moving the ball really well. It was slick movement, counter attacking, counter pressing. Like, I. I think they just need a little bit more time to gel. I wouldn't be too concerned just yet, um, given the fact that they still have Jimenez, they still have Triore for the time being, right? Uh, there's like one or two players who are still injured, but uh, the, the team looked good. It's just more about, I think mean, they're trying to implement that identity and style and they're going to give it time, but they'll probably still finish that mid table mark. So, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, I agree. I mean, Nuno historically, his when he was managing at Wolves, they historically had seen less of the ball. They were comfortable out of possession a lot of the games that they played in it. And even against his old team, what you expect if there's one team, he's going to come out and just absolutely tear apart. It's going to be a team he managed for multiple years, but Tottenham had only 42% of the possession. He likes to not, he doesn't mind not having the ball. It's not a problem for them. So I'm wondering if some of these Wolverhampton players are looking at this, trying to adjust to this new style of play where they want to be on the front foot and person, the opposition. And I think, I think it'll click for them. Eventually there's enough talent in that lineup that it will, but it's, Going to be curious to see how long it's going to take for that to happen. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, they've created 42 shots and only nine on target in the first two game season, which is incred- like, incredibly yeah. bad, but also incredible that they're creating 42 shots at the same time. <laughs> so I'm curious to see. I, I don't have the shot chart in front of me or anything like that to see where they're coming from, how good of quality chances they actually are and stuff. So we'll see. It, it, out of all the teams that don't have a goal yet and are on the bottom half of the table, they're, they're most likely probably, to. Yes. Yeah. Not at least them. I'm worried about realistically. Yeah. 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 Then we had a London derby, Chelsea and Arsenal. Yeah, I was in uh, I was in LA for this one
2: Arsenal bar actually. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice I won't spikes. go my Chelsea jersey on. I'm like, ah, fuck <laughs> this one up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think everyone predicted that Chelsea win. I, I, it was kind of a no brainer. Arsenal's been a little, well, let's just say off the beat the last year and a half. Uh, Lukaku was great. He did exactly what they were looking for, hold up play. Instead of that little intricate passing play in between the lines that Chelsea had been doing for a while with Werner, who didn't have that physicality, they were, you could tell they were picking their head up and they were looking to either play and defeat or spin him off into the channel to send him through. And that's mm-hmm. what happened for a lot of their, their best moves. And especially when they ended up coming down the left and Lukaku made a late run and the ball went past him and you know ends up at Reese James's foot, who was who, you know, had a nice finish there. But I think it was it was exactly what every Chelsea supporter wanted to see from Romelu Lukaku in that lineup, and I think now it not only gives them a different dimension going forward, but I think without Harry Kane going to City, I think that makes Chelsea
1: favorites now at this point. I I would say so based on granted City dismantled Norwich and it's, it's yeah. Norwich, but I mean again that's the importance of having a true nine be able to play and then occupy those central mm-hmm. defenders. I mean literally. Pablo Mari had a nightmare of a nightmare. game. He got, he got oh, man. manhandled, yeah, he got thrown to the ground on the first yeah. goal. Like, JJ I mean, Watt and P.W. I mean, football. So now you have to be thinking like, you know, most defenders in the Prem are pretty physical, but, you know, especially Lukaku is on a different level of a, as being a specimen, right? So yeah. you have to have at least at minimum maybe two people like, occupying him because you don't know with, where that guy's what
2: that guy With With what four years already Premier League experience. So it's not like it's a new yeah. league for him. Yeah, so I mean,
1: exactly. they're, they're, they're going to be a nightmare to play against tactically. Like, it's not going to be fun to play yeah.
0: against them. I, I really, really, really want to see Pulisic healthy <clears throat> and playing with Lukaku because I think he's going to do the same exact thing he did with Giroud where mm-hmm. he made the runs off of him, and they're going to link up so, so much. I yeah. think anyone going forward in the midfield and the wings for Chelsea is going to have a great season just because of Lukaku.
2: I think it's going to end up even being better for him because – while Giroud was a you know a goal scorer, technically Lukaku is definitely more of a, f- a threat in the front of the net than Giroud is. So you, the defenders are going to have to focus on Lukaku even more than they were fo- focusing on Giroud, which is going to open up even more space for Poulos just to dart in and out. I would like to see him link up with Havertz for that too, because Havertz is another one who can finish, but is also great with that link-up style.
0: I think they I think Tuchel will eventually play Lukaku and Werner, and Lukaku and Havertz up top. Yeah, to front Very very shortly.
2: Almost like a four-two-two-two with like. Two mm-hmm. outside camps, two
0: strikers, and two center mids behind them. Yeah, and they, they, they all just rotate up top with yeah. no issues. And then the um, last game of the week, we had a Monday nighter, West Ham and Leicester City. Big congrats to Mikel Antonio on becoming the leading BPL scorer for West Ham. Uh, don't know if they uh, dropped four on them without the red card. We also had our first red card of the year. Curious on your thoughts on that in a little bit. But um, they looked like the more dangerous team beforehand, even when everyone was at full, full strength. So West Ham's looking – they literally are just the same exact team as last year, clicking on all cylinders. Again, your boy Saed, Ben Rama coming up with a goal and an assist. Just want to say that. My breakout player of the year. Killing it. Rubbing that in Mike's face because DACA came on with nothing. <laughs> he enough.
1: had a nice big whiff and then – He did. <laughs> he the did all that goal, right? <laughs> 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 hey,
0: he's, he he's still said to him in somehow. But um, what, what, what was your guys' thoughts on the red card? I actually thought it was a very fair uh, – it looked it looked a lot worse slowing it down, but at the Everything same time goes. it's a dangerous place. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I don't know. When you're going around, I like, grant it, I get it, you're being pushed from behind, but even in full speed, like the stomp, like he he has enough time to think in my mind to see like okay, this guy's in front of me. I don't have to go for this ball. He's straight up. Stomps on his leg. He's lucky he didn't break his leg. In all yeah. honesty,
0: I don't know how he didn't. Like, he, he's very I lucky. You the impact. There, like his leg just like like rubber banded yeah. a little bit. And I'm like, there's yeah. no like, no shot. Yeah.
2: It's not like he was like his legs were flailing and whatnot. You can tell he made an active movement <laughs> to stick his foot out and try to get to the ball, and then just came down on him. I mean, when that ball got initially got played into him, that was like a 25, 30 yard pass into him on the ground. And I was like, there's fucking there's no one around him. Like I don't know why he'd be doing it in the first place. I feel bad for him. Did he mean it? Probably not.
0: I, I don't think so. Well, I, I don't think he. Did a red the card
2: it, it is it's it's dangerous play he made an active attempt to go for the ball whether or not he was stumbling and he could have broke his ankle
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, yeah i agree with you guys i do
2: agree though not giving it out in real time because when i watched it in real time yeah, i didn't think it was a red yeah. card i was like all right maybe a yellow that's fair but you're
1: right in slow-mo no way well anything in slow-mo is gonna look I yeah worse. but it, it looks so. worse but,
0: but you're able to like this is one of the situations where, yes, it looked worse, but you also could easily justify the red because of where he stepped on the cleats and like er- everything with it too. And like,
1: the fact you see him look where he's about to step. Yeah. Like you that was the weird <laughs> At he one just, point.
0: He was like, Ooh, <laughs> I thought he kind of like whiffed on the ball or something. It, it was, it was a really weird play. Just kind of sequence in general. Yeah, But, um, out of curiosity, I mean, we've got two weeks down the Premier League. What, um, what team would you move up or down the table on our tables that we, uh, projected out and why?
1: How far can I drop Arsenal?
0: Yeah, that was. I swear <laughs> to God, that was what I was gonna say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that
0: was the next question we were gonna get to. Let's, let's, let's then, Not surprise then, anybody.
1: And at all, honestly, I, I have Palace right now, or at least I had Palace at thirteen. I honestly I might kind of. I honestly might switch Palace down to a little bit farther, and maybe push up Brighton a little bit or someone
0: along those lines, because
1: Palace up till this point, you know, granted it's two weeks in, don't want to overreact, but hasn't really looked the greatest. So.
0: I, I'm with you on that. When I had Palace at 12, I, I'd move them down. Brighton definitely up. Um, obviously, Brighton sitting top four. That actually first place on Saturday at the end of the day. But um, wow. yeah, kind of crazy. They, so Brighton. The only reason like I wouldn't consider them necessarily a top half team is the, like how well they are converting right now because they only had about I think it's nine or ten shots on target in the first two games, and they had four goals, which is basically hitting around 40 ish. Mm-hmm. I looked up Manchester City's shot on goals compared to how many goals they scored last year, and it's basically almost identical. So mm-hmm. I don't think they had the quality and the talent in order to keep up with the team like – or the quality and talent of someone like Manchester City in order to keep that throughout an entire season. So, yes, mm-hmm. I think Brighton's going to do much better this year based off what they create. But top half team, I don't necessarily know, but I would definitely move them up my rankings to about that. Probably – we're right at Crystal Palace more than likely.
1: That's what I would agree with. Yeah. but almost I, like flip-flop them. Yeah.
2: I have two. I move. i I'd move Brentford up. I'm happy with the way they're playing. I had them in the – relegation. I, think you had I actually the had them as relegation – um, a regular relegation well, team in 17th place or 18th place. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I'd move them up a bit. I think they're going to finish closer, probably 13th or 14th. Kind of where we ha- we all have palace at now. And the big one that I move up is Chelsea. I picked Chelsea to finish fourth before Lukaku signing came through. I'm about that and after, I know I was, I was going off pure squads at the time, not, not in potential transfers coming in, but now with Lukaku in that team, I, I move them to number one or two. And the only reason I would even think about number two is just if city ends up getting Kane from Spurs um maybe arsenal down (laughs) i think i I mean it's hard to say anybody else when they're like the clear the clear candidate for that you know
0: yeah so okay so let's let's go what team do you think looks like in the most trouble obviously we're all saying arsenal here is there anyone else that kind of stands out to you palace (laughs) palace or which Norwich is tough for me because yes, it's just, I think the quality of opposition they played, I thought they played Liverpool well, but yeah, they there might be something still missing from them. And I thought they I thought they fixed it with some of the signs they made. It's, yeah,
2: I think it's easy to say a team like Watford would be, you know, one to worry about because, of, you know, the way they performed in the opening two weeks, but I had them finishing last in the season. So I kind of expected it. I had Norwich escaping the rele- relegation zone slightly this year. I thought they were going to come back with a bit of a vengeance. And
1: it's, I mean, I get they, it. They played, played they, played, they, they played two terrible. They haven't. Teams had, they haven't had way. a
0: winnable game. They're probably not going to with Leicester, Arsenal.
1: Maybe a that typical
0: year. There's, There's a chance
1: they lose. Like they're opening six
2: of seven, and that's and that is an absolute well, Actually, that's not true. They play uh, Arsenal a little bit, so they'll get a win there. But afterwards, it's like five of eight games, six of seven games, whatever it is. I think the morale's going to get to them. I'm worried about them.
0: It's it's tough. Yeah. Liverpool, then Arsenal, their first – I think the fifth game is their first winnable, realistically, is Watford. And if they go 0-4, like, that's a legitimate must-have game at that point. You need to get, like, those yep. types of points. Yeah. What, um, what team is overachieving uh, the most for you guys and why?
1: I feel like they haven't done it yet in terms of overachieving, but from what I'm expecting them to do, especially after the performance today, West Ham – I had them a little bit lower and I get a feeling that like I didn't put them high enough to be really challenging for a European spot, to be honest. Yeah. And I think that, granted, like I wasn't sure if they're going to be able to do it again this year with David Moyes, they're missing Lingard and, you know, a couple players, but like we just said, like, they look, they look like a wagon right now, man. Like they're, they look good. Yeah. I, I have them at seven.
2: I had them at seven, but uh, I think they should, they'll be closer to five. I think they'll yeah. finish outside the big four. After watching how Spurs performed the opening two weeks and obviously Arsenal, Leicester City, even I mean they just spanked Leicester City and I had them finishing before that. I I think I move them up too.
0: Yeah. I agree with you guys on that one. Yeah, I, I really like West Ham. I had him seventh or eighth as well. I, they there's no doubt they I think they'll be challenging for a top four spot for a very long time throughout the season. I just don't think they necessarily have enough to get there. They want to have the juice.
1: Yeah, they want to yeah. have the juice. Towards, to do yeah,
0: that. towards the end tough. again. But um, yeah, my team, I guess I'd say is overachieving would be Brighton again. I think like, I kind of explained it already with like the whole expected goals and stuff like that. So I think they're going to do much better than last year. I think they're not going to be towards the bottom in the relegation battle at all, but I don't see them obviously maintaining any type of the pace that they're currently on. Yeah, They've yeah. also had two, two games and they're about to have a third. That's a very winnable. So I think if they can pick up all nine points there. They really, you know, start the year off. But,
1: yeah,
2: absolutely. Another team I think too is, I, I know I'm not saying in terms of points, but in terms of performances, I think Wolves are performing a lot better than I expected them to do after Nuno departed. I expected there yep. to be a big falter after that team, especially considering how he likes to play, and they have just come out swinging. Their biggest issue is they're not converting again. Even the first game against Leicester, 17 shots and only three on target. Obviously, not good enough. They have to figure out a solution to the Raheem Mendes problem, who's been injured, and with Joe have having gone, but um, we have Fabio Silva, but he hasn't done much. But I think they're playing better than I thought they were and better than a lot of people expecting them to be playing at this point.
1: Uh, Honestly, they looked, they did look very good against Spurs this past weekend. They really did. They were they were very unlucky not to Nick one at a minimum. Yes. Completely agree.
0: Yeah. I I can see that. They were like, I thought Nuno was the reason they were very successful. Mm -hmm. Like he was one of those coaches that made them play above their potential. Now I'm starting to think their team is actually very, very legit. And they, not saying you could swap any manager in there by any means, but they brought in the right guy who's gonna fit his system to his players, and those still you, be just okay. You made
1: a Portuguese guy? For <laughs> yeah, a Portuguese.
0: Exactly. <laughs> they do they know need they Jose. Know. <laughs> chill, chill. Let's not ruin them. Don't want to see them relegated. <laughs> All right, so let's hear some of the predictions for the upcoming week. We got match week three on the horizon. First game up, 7:30 a.m. Eastern time. Manchester City and Arsenal. Vito's mm-hmm. laugh says it all.
2: Oh, my God. I hope Arsenal fans are going to be drinking during that game because it's the only way they're going to get through it. <laughs> it's got to be City. I, it, even if City were to lose, no one in the right mind would pick Arsenal in this matchup. Sorry. Yeah, I
1: I just don't have the guts to say Arsenal. Or <laughs> <laughs> troll. in I, I don't see it. Sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: How? All right, obviously, I'm obviously going to Man City. How bad do you think this potential scoreline could be with the way they've looked? I, I wouldn't be shocked at three or four or nil win. Man City. I, I,
1: I would. I honestly see a three three nil. Like I, I really do. Especially after watching, yeah, Pablo Mari and Callum Chambers. <laughs> like, granted that City doesn't have a nine right now, but I don't think they really have to worry about that against those defenders. So, no. I
2: mean, and. I mean, Obamian's not playing. Lacazette hasn't been playing. I I think 3-0 would be considered success at this point for them. I, I hate to be that harsh, but if Chelsea just put 2 behind yeah. them and could have had way more, City's going to come with, by with the same exact fury. And I'm pretty he sure it's at, it's at the Etihad. It's not, it's not in – Emirates this time.
1: oh well, that actually gives that actually gives Arsenal an advantage. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's a point in their column. That's that. that's less people booing them actually hit the waste. Yeah. I
2: I feel so bad for their their supporting Cronky. That whole family has got to figure it out.
0: Is is the, is the solution not that simple though? Is it not just fire Arteta? Like am I wrong on this?
2: I don't I don't think you're I don't think you're wrong. But I also think they're at a point where the club can not attract anybody who's going to be able to put them back into the top four within the next five years. So I don't think the solution is – not you're, Not that you're wrong. I just don't think there's a direct solution at this moment in okay. time.
1: Did it's you going to be a what, long
2: while. Like a Manchester United after Alex Ferguson rebuild type time frame. That, that, Did you see what Sonia said the no.
1: other day or today? Oh, yeah, Bakre Bak- Sonia. Bakre Sonia. Yeah. He- Ripped, ripped them him ripped apart, ball, ripped them. Oh my god, just tore them apart. Like, this isn't the, the team I played with. Like, you know, we wouldn't stand for this shit. All this yeah. kind of stuff. Like,
2: there's no men, he, there's
1: no personality. Yeah, there's no identity. They, they, they got a long road ahead. But yeah. I mean, they're young ahead, too.
0: Like, don't get me wrong. And like, it, it sounds funny for anyone that's familiar with the NBA and Joel Embiid and the whole Philadelphia trust the process thing. If you guys watch, McKellar they gave an interview, it was basically saying almost the identical thing without mm-hmm. saying trust the process. That's great, dude, but like, he just, like,
1: oh, they, the problem, they're so they're flat. flat.
0: You have to see some type of improvement. And just, just because the
2: only reason that we can slightly, slightly say there's an improvement is because Bakao Saka has been a revelation for them. He's been fantastic. And Half the t- time, he's t- the only tyranny, reason they're in a
1: game. Tierney and Smith-Rowe have been good also. Okay, their, tier
2: yes, fair, fair.
1: They've been good also.
2: But, but how again, long have you guys, guys? if you can't get to the top four in the Premier League? How You can't.
1: Exactly.
0: If I'm them, I'm not even aiming for that. Like I'm not. No exaggeration. If they finish European uh, Conference League this year, like that's, that's a very big success.
1: That's a win. Yeah, There that's a
2: is. I uh, I I would say there's maybe a one percent chance they finish in the top four, and that's being generous at this point. You're highballing. Yeah.
0: I'm like no joke. Oh, by the way, speaking of Europe or Conference League, um, Mike, when I want to take that one. Oh, <laughs> we didn't bring that one up, but now oh, we're gonna. Oh,
1: oh I forgot. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> That's okay. I, I personally would rather Spurs just crash out of that competition because I don't know if it's worse to win that and then have a make-believe trophy as your first trophy. Or... The
0: Audi, the Audi Cup, Cup? doesn't count. Yeah,
1: the, the Audi Cup was against Bayern Munich, and people forget that. Okay, that was legit. <laughs> yeah, they're U <U-9> nine team. <laughs> people forget that. Hang Actually, that on the ceiling. While we're man. on the topic
2: of Spurs, though, I did want to say something. Uh, congratulations to Hugo Lloris. His 300 appearance makes him Tottenham's highest Premier League appearance player of all time.
0: Yeah, he's Not just man. goalie, like, like player too? No, nope, just
2: the most caps for a Tottenham player in the Premier League. Nice. Yeah, I'm he's, shocked he's, he stayed that long. Yeah, me too. Yeah, same. He's the man. <laughs> Sorry,
0: but moving on. Uh, next game on the uh, agenda, we have Ashtonville and Brentford. It's actually, uh, I like this one a lot.
2: Yeah, I'm hesitant to say that this might be
0: match of the week. Mm. I wouldn't put I, I wouldn't shock. I mean, granted, we have Liverpool Chelsea later yes. Chelsea later on. But like if you took two mid mid table to lower lower tier teams, yeah. I I yeah. I think they match up well against each other. It's gonna be a pretty, mm. relatively pretty open game. And wouldn't shock me if this team was one one, two two or three two.
2: Both teams want to score. Both teams have something to prove. They're, they're, they're ha- they came both coming off very strong starts and so want to keep momentum going. I think Aston Villa will edge it slightly. I think they have a little more experience in the Premier League. Brentford is going to have a lot of energy because it's still front half of the seat. obviously the beginning of the season. But mm-hmm. I think there's just going to be that slight, slight experience and quality that Villa have that Brentford don't have at the moment. And that's going to take them through, maybe on like a 2-1 or 3-2 game.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say uh two one, two one Villa. I think this that's this is where like that I don't say the magic ends, but this is where the hard times begin. I'll put it that way. They're playing like a proper side yeah. now, right? They're not to say but they're playing a more complete team. I'll put it that way. Okay. All right. And I, I honestly think to your point, Steve, it's definitely a better matchup, but this is like that type of game where that little edge of quality where it's like, just like that one mistake and Ings, someone snips a pass and Ings comes in, gets a goal type of situation, just slides it past the keeper. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, that's kind of how I see this playing out where it's like tied one, one to like the 70th and then somebody comes in, nicks it for like the 80th, 82nd minute winner. So. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to take a, one Ashton Villa, honestly, uh, I think Brentford stay in this game for a very long time, and then, like you said, just the quality in general. Someone like Ings pulls a little bit of magic out of the hat, they, mm. they, just, they finish it off. Yep, next up, um, actually, I guess a pretty good game the way Brighton's been playing. Uh, Brighton and Everton,
1: mm-hmm. mm. yeah, definitely. Well, a good game. definitely know there's going to be one own goal by Michael Keane, so bet that, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you do on FanDuel, bet that both teams um, score. Both teams, Yeah, 100% both teams will score. That being said, I think kind of going back to the Everton piece and kind of the quality piece we were just talking about, I think they have a little bit too much up top for Brighton to kind of handle in general. I'm also slightly swayed to kind of go down that draw route, just given the fact that you know that Brighton's going to be attacking, but... I think in this game, I would give it a 1-0 advantage to Everton, especially if Malpay isn't playing. I don't know where the goal is coming from. So that's that's kind of where my, my thought yeah. process is. Uh,
2: I'm taking a 2-0 Everton here. I think they've looked good overall so far. I think they were unlucky not to get the win against Leeds, and uh, they did they did beat Southampton as well. With Malpe out, to Mike's point, if he's not in, I think Richarlison is going to tear him apart.
0: Did you guys I, I don't know how accurate this was? I thought I saw something about with Charleston to PSG. I could be wrong. Yeah, it's assuming that Mbappe leaves and they want yeah. to sell Mbappe. Uh, okay, so that'd be probably like a year or so out then. I don't think I don't think it's
2: gonna happen. I think the first priority for them is probably to offload Hamas.
1: Yeah.
0: Exactly. Gotcha. I'm actually gonna take a draw on this one. Uh, they're playing at the Amex. Brighton typically has a nice home field advantage. You know, fans back in the stadium, they're typically very well defensively. Um, and they have been scoring a little bit. So I'm taking like a 1-1 there. Okay. Then we got Newcastle, Southampton, teams that really need to get some points in order to help out their relegation battles. Mm. Any takers? I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I, I'll take a draw on this one. I don't think either side has looked terrible. I mean – they Newcastle put two against West Ham, who are technically now table toppers at this point. They are. Um, Southampton put one against Everton. I don't think either team looks great, and I don't think either team looks bad. I think this is, on paper, it's a very straightforward matchup. I think you know you're you're going to get a lot of a lot of missed opportunities. Basically, um, I think it's going to end up being about a one-one draw.
1: Okay, I'm going to go with a one-nil Southampton. I think that they're gonna pull this one out of the hat because it's it's against a lower or equal quality to lower quality team of Newcastle. Um, It'll definitely be a cagey kind of match, though, to say the least. Like you said, a lot of missed chances, a lot of opportunities that'll go by the wayside. Somebody will kind of score something right after half, right before half, and and then that'll be it. So, and the game kind of just die out.
0: I'm taking yeah. I'm going to take a one-one draw here. I think Calvin Wilson comes back, scores one, and I think Armstrong gets another for uh, Southampton as well. Nothing too too crazy in this one going on. I don't think there's going to be that many chances created in general. Mm-hmm. Then we got our boys, poor Norwich City versus Leicester, coming off a loss, probably pissed off.
1: <laughs> Never want to face a team pissed off.
0: <laughs> the revenge aspect, and they're not even mad at Norwich; they're just mad in general.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with a, a Leicester win here
0: off the bat. So, right off the bat, I'll, I I will follow that up. Yeah. If you had to pick the first three games where they could where Norwich was to nick a point, this would be one. This yeah. would have been the one. And I'm I'm just looking at their past games. We have a Leicester two 0 win or two one, another Leicester two one, Leicester one 0 a draw one one and the last time they played back in 2020, Norwich somehow came away with a one-nothing win. Leicester hasn't looked that great going forward at all. Leicester has been one of my teams so far that I a little disappointing. I'm a little worried about
2: actually, given mm. what we've seen from them. It regardless of the red card, they look like
0: crap for the opening 20 minutes of that game, 25 minutes of that game. I mean, there are two goals right now, are Tealman's taking one off the dome and just reacting quicker. <laughs> yeah, 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 And then, Jay- oh, what, a Jamie Vardy through ball? I think it was a penalty, wasn't it? No, no, no. no. no, no it was a, through it was ball, a he ran on to it. Was, it. Was, it, yeah, was, no, it, was it was a nice cross. Finish.
1: It was a cross that he cross. flipped
0: over the keeper. No, it was Perez.
2: that coming off a shellacking from, from West Ham, Norwich has to be, you're right, they have to be thinking, if we're going to get a point in the opening couple weeks, this is it.
0: I'm gonna take a nil nil. Oh wow, nil nil two to boo! Wow, you're really going for it. I. This is their first game back at Carroll Road, right? The other two are away. It was a, definitely yeah. a way to Liverpool.
1: Yeah, With three draws right
0: yeah. now, Steve. Yes, yeah. <laughs> someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. All right, I, all right. First of all, I don't want to hear shit out of either one of you. <laughs> you said strike tensions, <laughs> and I'm, I'm one six. I'm two weeks straight. You got. Luck. I wish. <laughs> I wish I let strike it a third time. <laughs> what were we saying, Mike?
1: I said I wish I knew what you said,
0: but your internet is
1: just hey, okay. It's not
0: <laughs> just me. All right, cool. I'm great. I thought it was just me. Oh, is it that bad? I'm gonna
2: have to get the no, no. You, you, take once in the blue moon. You're all right. Uh, yeah, I mean, we got only, only, like, It's so. only when
1: you get really riled up.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> You're making what? your internet scared, Steve. Take it down. <laughs> I mean, I've been in the gym in like two months after my puppy, so they should not be scared of anything I got going on. <laughs> Python's. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, got next. we got West Ham and Crystal
1: Palace.
0: Mm. Uh, is, this, is this in yeah. um,
2: Crystal Palace? Are they home or is it in the Olympic Stadium?
0: No, nah, they're 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 in London, or I mean the London Stadium. London Stadium, sorry, Olympic Stadium. West Ham,
2: West Ham for sure. If it was in if it was in Palace, I would have went with a draw. I think they would have slipped up. But I'm home field, I'm taking West Ham.
0: Four goals in two straight games, and they look unstoppable going forward. I just – yeah, it's West Ham.
1: Yeah. Yeah, West Ham.
0: All right, we got probably our game of the week here, Saturday primetime, 1230 Eastern, Liverpool and Chelsea, and they are at Anfield.
1: This is going to be a hell of a game. This is this is this is almost you could debatably say a title deciding game. Yes, realistically, even though it's this early in the season, like this mm-hmm. is a battle for the top four. This is going to determine who's probably finishing second and who's probably finishing third. Realistically, yeah. this could be one of those types of games.
2: It's a chance for both teams to put a marker down, to make a statement yeah. early on, and be like, "We didn't come to screw around this year. We want the title from City. That's it." Liverpool mm-hmm. so, sitting there going gonna, oh, Van, like back.
1: That's, that's the one thing that I think will ultimately push Liverpool over the edge in this game. they Are playing. Are they playing in Liverpool? Yeah, they're playing in yeah. Anfield. I think that's the one thing besides, obviously, the 12th man factor, right? Uh, like the fans in general. The fact that Virgil van Dijk is going to be back. He's going to be – if there's anybody in the league you would expect to be able to post up Romelu Lukaku, it's Virgil van Virgil. Dijk. Virgil. So, I, I think they have that going for them defensively. Liverpool look good. Granted, they've played lesser quality teams, but they've looked really good going forward. Um, they look like they have a new energy on life. Salah specifically has looked really good. So, mm-hmm. I think the way that Chelsea play and like the, they kind of use those wing backs pushing forward, that's going to expose a lot of space. And I think that's where they're going to win the, the game ultimately. So, yeah. It's- <clears throat>
2: this is such a contradictory. I know it's again, it's only two games in, but it's such a contradictory feeling to last year. Uh, obviously, regardless, regardless of the injuries, you're talking about two games in and Mane has a goal. Salah's got a goal. Joach has got a yeah. goal. And for has yeah. got a goal. You're talking about that whole front four coming out right off the bat of this season, which is obviously something we didn't see last year as, as, yeah. you know, as injuries demanded, but I've, I'm, I'm with Mike on this one. I think, I think Rome's going to have a good time with Van Dijk. I think it's going to be a good battle, but I think ultimately it's going to end up being a stalemate between them. And once that happens, you're going to see Liverpool kind of take control of the game. I actually think something a little bit differently, though, that with regards to the wingbacks, as good as Alexander Arnold and, well, Robertson is not even playing because he's injured, that as good as they are going forward, they lack the defensive the defensive edge that some of the other wingbacks have, typically, like someone like Reese James. And I think they're going to get exposed by somebody like Reese James and maybe Marco Solonzo coming forward. I think that's where Chelsea could win the game as well. I think Liverpool will take this game because it's Anfield, the fans are back, Chelsea's Champions League winners, and Liverpool need to make a statement that they're not the Liverpool of last year. I think it's going to be a 2-1 game ultimately, and Liverpool is going to take three points.
0: I'm torn between a 2-1 and a 2-2 draw. I'm going to go 2-1 Chelsea. The only thing that scares me about them is out of their five goals, they've had three defenders score. So I'm a little nervous on that. Mm. And, you know, one was a free kick, one was a child, but just absolute like rip. But we Mm. haven't seen the best Chelsea team. They've played in like third gear pretty much in the games. And I I don't think we've seen anywhere near the amount of quality they have. Not saying they've played bad because they've played really well in in both those games. I just think they've been kind of kind of like relaxing yeah. almost when they when they played. Like they looked like they were just hanging out against Arsenal, you know, in, yep. in a practice squad match. There were
2: glimpses of them going into full gear and during that first half against Arsenal,
0: but yeah. nothing sustainable at that point. I think I think you're right. I think with another another week with Lukaku in there, some just screams to me Chelsea comes in there they, at a minimum they grab a point, but I, I think they do come away, do come away with the win.
2: On a side note, because this is something I was thinking about when we were we were talking about predictions before. Um, what's going on with Chilwell? I think this is a game Chilwell needs, needs to be in the starting lineup. I think you need his defensive acumen more than you need Alonso's attacking acumen. He likes the I wing don't, back. I don't, I
1: don't think they'll, I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll keep Alonso.
2: I don't think so either. I agree with you. I think he's going to start, but <laughs> do you think it's a, a two decision not to play playing Chilwell? I mean, a 50 million yeah. pound defender. Uh, uh, who's 100%, Champions League?
1: 100%. It's a, yeah.
0: it's a, it's a system
1: thing. 100%. Yeah.
0: He likes wingbacks. Alonso legitimately was made like. The wingback position was made for Marcus Alonso. Mm-hmm. Like end of story. Like he he can't play anywhere else on the field. That is legitimately the perfect spot for him. Thank be- you, Antonio Conte. Yeah, right. Remember Victor Victor. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's more of a Tuchel thing, in my opinion. He he just he likes the wingbacks. Chilwell is definitely a better defender, without a doubt. That's not that's not even questionable. Mm-hmm. But just the system that he plays, it's just Marcus's spot right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. I can see them moving Aspilacuta over there. That game, what do you mean? It's like a left center back, or no, right? in The Reese James position. I, I don't, don't think you should, should, but I think you uh, could. I, I, don't, I don't think that'll do. stabilize he'll, he'll him a little tuck bit. right in.
0: No, nah, he'll tuck right in behind Reese James. He'll yeah, be right center back. Uh, Sunday morning games, we got two of them. First one up Burnley and Leeds.
1: Oof, that's Burnley a tough one. Leeds. <laughs> All out attack versus all out <laughs> defense. The White Walkers <laughs> versus the uh versus John Snow. It? Versus John Snow. Army of the wall. North. <laughs> yeah. Uh no, it's gonna be a good and that's I don't even want to say it's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be pretty much just an onslaught against like a team sitting there waiting to counter. Uh, hopefully who knocks down a, a header or two to, to their big men. Um, I think this is a game that Leeds will probably win two to one, realistically. I agree. So. I I th- it's kind of it's
2: kind of been reminiscent of when Liverpool played Burnley. The Leeds and Liverpool to me have a very similar style of always in the front foot, press, high tempo, and keep keep the the fluidity in the attack. And I mean, if they just beat them 2-0, I think that you're gonna have a similar score line. I think Mike's right in the money with two one.
0: Oh yeah, I was gonna say three one leads. They're 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 definitely gonna get some some goals, and uh, Burnley's gonna kick one back. I mean Leeds just can't clean sheets don't exist. Poor poor Mizzier. We got. Tottenham is Watford as the other nine o'clock game. Are we sticking with come on you Spurs, Michael? Can they pull off three in a row in Premier League? Ooh,
1: what a start. What a start that would be for Nuno and company. Um, especially, yeah, I mean, especially after the whole summer, the Kane saga, we'll see what happens. But um, honestly, you know, I have Watford finishing last in our table for a reason. I don't see them nicking a point off Spurs at this moment in time. They seem to be playing very confidently, um, albeit against you know a, an aggressive Wolves team. I don't think Watford has that capability or that ability. The only player I'd be worried about is Sar. to yeah. be honest. Besides that, I, I just don't see Watford really putting up too much of a fight after that first goal goes in. So, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna say like 2 0. Spurs, yeah.
2: I second that motion.
0: I want to just be different with you guys. But- <laughs> it's yeah. hard, it's hard on this one. That yeah, that one I just can't see any 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 other scenario at this point. Um, Watford, like you said, Sar looks good on the wing. He's been creative for them without a doubt. It's just
1: he had to do something magical, and then the defense have to be just immaculate, essentially.
0: Yeah, so, I don't, I don't see
1: the only area I can see it being a struggle where it becomes like that potential draw, as if they do what other teams have done to Tottenham in the past, who are lower and they just drop everybody into the box, and then they're half, and they go, okay, break us down. That's where Spurs, yep. especially without a creative player like Erickson, really struggle. Yep. so and
2: Narrow in the middle, three center backs, just exactly. clog up the six-yard box, make him take it from distance. Exactly.
0: You think Kane's yep. starting on Sunday now finally?
1: Yeah, I do. I don't think he's leaving
0: at this point. Uh, it's, too, it's too late in the window for them. They they wouldn't be able yeah. to sign a replacement. I, I don't think a he's a proper leaving. replacement. Yeah in the last game of the weekend before international break we got wolves and manchester united. Mm, 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 mm. This, this could
1: break. be this could be that game that we were talking about where that identity of wolves really gets put on the big screen and everybody sees it and everybody sees how they play. I think they're going to give that team a lot of issues specifically Adama just because he's Adama. I really want to say a Manchester United win, like three-one or something along those lines, or because I think Wolves will finally break that duck.
0: You're playing however, a too.
1: However, a part of me, a really like the for whatever reason, the gut feeling, I think it's a two-two draw. I'm glad you
2: didn't say a Wolves win because we only have one different prediction this week, Mike. <laughs> one other game, I'm going Wolves this game. I think this is where it comes together for them.
0: God damn it, Vito. I
2: think it's a little – don't get me wrong. I, I agree with <sighs> my, my – my head says to go with United, but my gut says look at the way that Wolves have performed the last two weeks. This yeah. is going to be – coming up against – is it is it in uh, Old Trafford or no? No, nah. it's at the Mallonaut. There you go. I I think they're going to be looking at this game, and you're going to get one of two reactions from this team. It's either going to be, damn, we're lucky, or it's like, all right, shit is going to bounce our way today, not like these last two weeks.
0: I think they're going to yeah. come out firing. I so Manu hasn't lost star. an away game, I think, in 27 now. They tied it means the, they're uh, due. They are yeah, listen <laughs> they're due. Better, betters, yeah, better's logic well. means they are due. Yeah. The law of averages. Has I mean, I think the law of averages applies to wolves in the sense of their shooting ability right now. There you go. <laughs> yeah. you, put, you put 42 shots, together, got like, one's gotta go in, right? Like, how does that how does it not break? I really yeah. this feels like a trap game, if anything. And I, I yeah. know man you just kind of had one. But yeah. something screams two-one wolves to me. I, I'm gonna look like an idiot probably next week when we see Manu walk out with three-three Yeah. But so yeah, something screams two-one wolves. I I, 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 yeah, I'm doing it. I think it's gonna be
2: 1-0, but I, I, I hear you.
0: I don't think I don't think they shut him out. I just I, I don't no. see a Manu. Yeah, they, I think they're just too good offensively, especially the way Pogba's been playing. If yeah. he has an off game though, yeah, that wouldn't shock me one bit either.
2: Well, Pogba and United inconsistency at its finest. Big facts, big facts,
0: but, uh, not too much more to wrap up guys. I know we were just go over our bold predictions and I, we kind of already spoiled it. I spoiled it. Um, I won a second straight week, another six, five, five roundup. So we're up to me with 12 and both of you with five, uh, you know, like, don't strike twice, ten, you bitch. Ten. <laughs> ten. Five each week, 10 total. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: You yeah, yeah. don't got to make it sound good. Talking to shit over there. You're lucky you New Jersey.
0: <laughs> right there. Really, you guys got anything to add to the rest of the show
1: stuff I guess from like a transfer perspective I, obviously you guys signed Lukaku and I think the prior to the last show we recorded phenomenal signing he looks like already he's worth a, every penny of the 100 mil they paid for him and on a side note Chelsea I know you guys were talking about this prior have sold a ton of players even after they signed Lukaku and they're about to so they're recouping all that money slowly yeah. and surely so
0: yeah, it's actually. It I haven't business. looked on their – what all the teams' have uh, net spend is, but they're probably pretty close to even again after the champion.
1: Yeah, they uh, are. They're doing a great job from a transfer p- perspective, um, especially if Zuma goes. Yeah, which he probably will. It's what he it looks will. like. He it's probably, he mark, probably Lane, will. Go West to do end. a loan, etc. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see as the week wraps up. Too, I can't think of any other major transfer news besides the Kane one. Most likely, he he will stay.
0: Rumors about Looking like it.
1: Yeah, rumors about Ndombélé going, McKennie maybe coming in, which supposedly is like has some BS to it. Rumors about Triore, we'll see. I personally wouldn't want him. But
0: what do you guys whatever. think about some USA guys that um? I don't know why I just said that so weirdly. Um, what <laughs> do you guys think? Like, I know someone like Chris Richard, like
1: he can't. Like, he has, why, he has, to, get awesome getting, he has to go. He has to go on loan to like a Hoffenheim again, or go somewhere else. You know, he's got to go somewhere.
0: Right. Like, it doesn't even matter where it is. He just has to play. Yet, like, Yedlin, he's just sitting on the bench at uh, Gatasaray. I don't know why I can't say that either right now. Uh, Miles Robinson, Matt Turner. There, there's guys that I feel like they should be on the move for them, and they're, they're really not.
1: Couldn't tell you, man. I'm not a European scout. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're, I mean, you're right. I mean, they have to be – obviously, they have to be playing. You want the best opportunity possible, but we're at a point in the transfer window now where if something comes along, you just take it. Because you can't afford to you be sitting on time. that bench and stunning another year of your growth, especially at a point in most of these young Americans' careers where this is their years to develop. This is their their nineteen to twenty four range where they they put it all together. So hopefully, that, they someone like World Richardson Cup.
0: can get out there. But yeah, you got the World Cup qualifiers coming up. You got the World Cup next year. Period. Like if you're not playing and getting regular, then they're, then then they're now, not going. Period. You know what I mean? Like I mean, we, realistically, before before the Gold Cup or anything. Even, even a little bit after, I was kind of saying Richard should be next to Brooks, but now with the way Miles Robinson's been playing just yep. constantly, like if I saw Richards be, playing the same yeah. way, like I would okay, it's still be Richards, but yeah, absolutely, yeah, I don't I know mean, how
1: you um, can say otherwise. So
0: I'm, I mean, I'm just I'm using that as an example, like right, like just one of the guys. I think there's plenty of them that could be could be used, but you got you to start getting him some regular minutes. To come you know, yeah, off our time. I have I, Steve. If you don't have
2: anything, I, I have one thing to wrap us up. Um. keep an eye out this Sunday Messi did not make his debut against Brest, I think Bre- mm. Brest was able to clean their draws out in time unfortunately for Reams, they are going to get reamed the hell out this weekend because Messi I believe will be making his debut Is the, re- the wide report and yeah. PSG might actually have to add a third digit onto the scoreboard yeah
0: <laughs> Nah, man, celebrations take up a little bit of time.
2: Yeah, if it wasn't for the goalie making one single save, it might be 100 possession as well.
1: Yeah, Thank that'll you. be a that'll be a bloodbath.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Django but worse. <laughs> I mean, dude, Neymar, Suarez, and Messi—that was a f- insane yeah. top three to watch back in the day. I know. Net. Yeah,
2: yeah. Now you have what? I- Icardi, Mbappe, Cardi Mbappe, Cardi's injured. Yeah, he's here.
1: Right okay. Mm-hmm. Neymar,
0: Mbappe, Messi.
1: That's all you need. Uh, Ramos. That's all you need. (laughs) Hakimi.
2: Hakimi might as well be a forward.
0: He's not playing any defense. (laughs) I had like
2: 19 assists last not 19, obviously, but yeah, no, definitely keep an eye out. I mean, there's there's a good chance that we're watching history on Sunday, depending on how it goes for PSG over the next two, three years. You might you might be seeing the beginning of the best team to ever
1: step on a field. Yeah, that's, that's a hot take, but honestly, I don't disagree with you because I think there's a real probability in that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Farm- the, you know league. it's the Farmers League. Oh, but. The, the, the only way that it becomes a reality is if they win the Champions League this year. They have to. Straight straight up. I think like, That's
2: it. Anything yeah. but a treble is an absolute loss for PSG. It's an, yeah, it's a failure. To be honest, Absolutely. they should win all three domestic – the two domestic uh, tournaments and the league and then the Champions League. They should all win people. everything. Yeah. yeah. There's no excuse not to.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. That's fair. I'd honestly agree. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Kind of hard to argue that. I don't know. It just seems like facts. Oh, so I'm sorry. One last thing. This was actually a piece of news that came out over the last week. Did you guys see uh, the Barcelona president um, say that Barcelona is in $1.6 billion in debt, and that's why they couldn't keep Messi?
1: If you ever think, anybody listening, that you can't manage your finances and – Just remember the most popular club in probably the world are run by a bunch of idiots. (laughs) No wonder they they want the
2: super league. You need $2 billion to be in the green, (laughs) not the green, but you
0: know. So I don't know if it's just living in the U S with the capitalism and everything like that, but like football is definitely a business, especially overseas, like without a doubt, how are they still in business?
2: Like how? Uh, what kind of bank is giving them money? Yeah, who's been, like 1.4 billion? You need 200 more million.
0: This can't possibly go wrong. There's no way yeah. it happens 14 times in a row. Like, there's so, like after so much, like you just don't get any more money. If you if you run a bad I've business, if you of, spend more than you need. Too
1: big to fail. <laughs> they
0: yeah, would, you, they would get bailed out. Baby. <laughs> But like no, like if you spend that much and only take in so much, eventually you just fold. And I, it's crazy to me that they, that they, how much they just get lent. It's are nuts. they publicly owned, either them or Madrid? I, kind of the same way the Packers are owned in America by the, the fan base. Sure,
1: publicly
0: owned. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Sure. Okay.
0: All I'm saying. No, is- I mean. Well, there's teams that are publicly owned in the sense of like a yeah. stock where like you have Man U on, on like actual stock exchange. I know Juventus. I think they're on theirs, but I don't know about Barcelona.
2: If if any of the uh, the world's richest billionaires were thinking about buying one of the biggest clubs in the world, there's no better time than right now between – Penny's on baby.
1: Don't tempt Bezos.
2: <laughs> Bezos is going to buy the whole fucking league when he's done, dude, <laughs> and then fly him into space. <laughs> First game Wait. on the moon. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: but no nah, I got you that'll uh, that'll do it for the this episode of the Sunday League Screamers podcast like comment and hit the bell to subscribe to us on YouTube you can also find us on Spotify Apple and anywhere else you get your podcasts follow us on Twitter at the SL Screamers underscore pod for daily tweets and updates about the show world football in general I'm your host Steve McCutcheon with Michael Nolan and Vito Anazelli signing off Alright, guys see you next week later bye